Nick Abbott on LBC. Call 0345 973. Right, let's bring in uh, America. This is London calling. Hello, Simon Marks. America here. Evening, Nick. Let's talk about the uh, weather, or weather, or uh, perhaps more accurately, climate change, because um, we're seeing just the most extraordinary pictures of this uh, storm. The deadliest storm in the history of Kentucky has killed nigh on a hundred people. It, it's this tube of madly spinning air that uh, reduces houses and uh, other buildings to their constituent parts and throws them over literally hundreds of miles. It's absolutely incredible what's happened there. It, it is extraordinary. Um, and that town that Zora was talking about in the headlines there, Mayfield, I mean, it's just been obliterated from the map. Uh, there's extraordinary drone footage um, that shows not a single building standing in the town, not even identical identifiable buildings. You can't even look at what's left of the skyline and say, okay, that's where the church was, that's where the town hall was. It's all just total devastation. Uh, and look, of course, America's no stranger to tornadoes. The, the Midwest is home to something called Tornado Alley, but they don't normally happen in the middle of December. Uh, if you go back 10 years to the tornado um, in, uh, in Joplin, uh, in Missouri, that killed 160 people, that took place in May. We're much more used to seeing tornadoes in uh, the summer and uh, the autumn than we are in the winter. And this system of tornadoes, multiple tornadoes, uh, descended late on Friday night into the early hours of Saturday morning and cut a swath as they travelled 225 miles through five separate states. Kentucky's borne the brunt of it, of course. Uh, the death toll there, I think, officially still stands uh, at 94 but it's evident that that death toll is going to rise they're still picking through the debris of what used to be a candle factory uh, in the town of mayfield uh, it was going full tilt of course because uh, of the demand for candles uh, in the uh, holiday season as we head up towards christmas and uh, new year there are fe fears that there will be more uh, bodies discovered there more bodies discovered in the uh, debris throughout uh, mayfield there's still questions about that Amazon warehouse uh, that had its roof and its walls completely ripped off uh, in neighboring Illinois. number of people uh, believed to have been killed there. President Biden was watching all of this from Delaware where he spent the weekend. He pledged uh, whatever assistance the federal government could provide to the governors of all the states uh, affected and he immediately signed a federal emergency disaster declaration for Kentucky which will allow uh, aid immediately to start flowing there. He says he's going to be visiting uh, the scene over the course of the next few days, but he wants to wait until rescue and recovery operations uh, have uh, concluded or at least advanced a touch more. And he was uh, quick to draw the link between what we've witnessed this weekend and climate change, as even some uh, Republican uh, local lawmakers are, are now doing. It was notable that one uh, Republican congressman from Kentucky was being interviewed uh, on CNN a little bit earlier this evening, a known climate change skeptic, and suddenly he was talking about the urgent need for Congress to come together and do whatever it could possibly do to limit carbon uh, emissions. So it's amazing what uh, a tornado in your own back yard uh, will do to your own political outlook when suddenly your constituents are scouring through the rubble of their homes looking for uh, pictures of loved ones, birth certificates and passports.
passports. Yeah, uh, just to give so people an idea of the strength of it, uh, a family photo from one of the houses was found 150 miles away. I mean, that's just beyond belief. It, it is. A freight train. I mean, if, you know, the Amazon warehouses and, and candle factories and so on, and presumably they're not, uh, you know, the most uh, sturdy or possible no. of buildings, but a freight train was blown over by this thing. I mean, they're not light vehicles. It's well, you also, you also had those two small children who were in a bathtub... Um, and the bathtub with the two small children in it was the only thing left at the site of the house in which the bathtub had been housed. The children survived, which hmm. is one of the, the, the more miraculous stories uh, of these storms. But it is the intensity of this coupled with the fact that it's happening at this time of year, because it wasn't just tornadoes that were ripping through that 225-mile corridor uh, of terrain. It was also a snowstorm that was raging as well, and those two things don't traditionally go together. Yeah. Even in the Midwest, where they are used to tornadoes on an annual basis, just not two weeks before Christmas. Right. OK, um, let's talk about Omicron, because it's everywhere. Um, how's it uh, playing out in America? Well, I mean, it's uh, now uh, in virtually every American state. The majority of American states have now reported uh, cases of the Omicron variant. I have to say, there is something quite stark about sitting here three and a half thousand miles away and hearing the Prime Minister make the address that he made there talking about this tidal wave of Omicron that's about to, to uh, wash through uh, the UK urging everybody immediately to go and get boosters, talking about bringing the army in to advance the pace of uh, the administration of boosters and you can compare and contrast that to Joe Biden whose message to the American people on Thursday about the Omicron variant was I think we're going to be okay. I think we're going to get through it. I mean, certainly the Biden administration has urged people to go out and get booster shots, but there is no suggestion here of Plan B. I mean, you can argue this is a country that never really even had a Plan A to no. deal with COVID-19, not least because of the COVID denialism that was taking place during the last president's uh, term in office. But there's no Plan B, and the country is about uh, to begin enormous amounts of travel, as everybody you know, crisscrosses the country mm -hmm. uh, for Christmas and then the New Year. No advice is being given to anyone about face masks, about social distancing, no restrictions being tightened at all. And, you know, the concern here ought to be that in a country where 40% of the population is not fully vaccinated by the old two-dose yardstick. So not even close, not even in the line for booster shots because they haven't had the second dose of vaccine and in many cases they never had the first dose of vaccine. Even if this is a variant that doesn't uh, cause massive amounts of hospitalizations and deaths, it's going to bring economic dislocation here because you're going to see substantial numbers of people, particularly in unvaccinated communities and even in vaccinated communities where they haven't had the booster shot yet, all coming down with it, all having to isolate for 10 days, all having to remove themselves from economic activity. So it is stunning that so far there has been a sort of 
you know, no drama, no panic, nothing to worry about. I think everything's going to be okay uh, from the government of a country that is far more exposed uh, to the vagaries of all of this than, than a country like the UK, which has a much higher rate uh, of, of full vaccination by the old yardstick and is moving rapidly on boosters. Now, we are seeing more than a million people a day here getting the booster shot, and there's no doubt that that's good news, but it's not enough. Yeah. And there's been no suggestion the army's being brought in or anything like that no. to try and advance it. Well, it, interesting, though, that um, on his various ratings for how he's doing, Joe Biden, his rating on the COVID-19 pandemic is, is among his most positive. It, it remains above 50%, whereas just 28% of Americans thinks he's handling uh, the economy well. And um, two-thirds disapprove of his job on gun violence. So whatever he's doing as regards COVID, it's among the most popular things that he's engaged in. Yeah, and we did see over the last couple of weeks uh, the number of people who disapprove of his presidency slightly falling. So the White House will, I think, uh, take some sucker from that. Uh, the problem that I suspect he may face soon, and, you know, let's see, maybe the Omicron experience in the United States will be different than that in South Africa or the UK. But if it isn't, the difficulty he's going to face is that there's going to be a direct link between uh, the spread of Omicron and yet more difficulties for an American economy that is already showing substantial signs of inflationary pressures. We saw inflation mm. numbers on Friday rising at its fastest rate since 1982. I can tell, I mean, I've been out shopping here over the weekend. The price rises are just eye-watering. I mean, you go to your local farmer's market and, uh, I mean, I mean, my, my, my wife actually uh, put a cauliflower away a couple of weeks ago because, uh, you know, it was like 10 or $11. And I'm not paying that for a cauliflower. I mean, well, the price is... If, I mean, if, if you will, cauliflower. If you will <laughs> shop at a farmer's market. <laughs> well, there is that. But, I mean, but even in, in, you know, in every shop that I've been into here this weekend, the prices have gone through the roof. And, and, and Joe Biden said on Friday that the rising price of cauliflower and everything else is a real bump in the road and uh, they argue that some of that data was uh, you know the measurements were taken in november and things are now beginning to move in the right direction but i think as we head into christmas people are definitely feeling the pinch and it's going to lead to price inflation and wage inflation there's no question about where that's heading right and uh, of course the uh, the the um the the powder puff hairspray hasn't gone away and um, in fact uh, lindsey graham said uh, he's the south carolina republican senator he mm. said uh, this is what i would say to every republican if you want to be a republican leader in the house or the senate and you don't have a working relationship with donald trump you cannot be effective so i hope we'll get on the same page here and the subtext of that is that donald trump is effectively still running the republican party and he sat down with uh, his old uh, fan bill o'reilly who used to be on fox news and um, did a stadium show in Florida. How did that go? Yeah, this is the start of a series of shows that the two of them are planning to do together. Um, it wasn't a rip-roaring success. Uh, this stadium in the town of Sunrise, Florida, 
had sold so few tickets for this event that uh, as the crowd started to gather, the authorities in the stadium decided to close the upper tier of the stadium and move everybody down into the lower tier hmm. uh, in a bid to make it look slightly fuller. So if you had bought your $138 ticket for this event and you thought you were going to be up in the gods, suddenly you found yourself down in the stalls um, right. because there weren't many other people uh, to fill the seats. But in terms of his control over the Republican Party, this was the week in which we saw uh, a, a couple of uh, members of the House of Representatives on the Republican side suggesting that in the event that the Republicans recapture control of the House of Representatives next November, November, mm. they think Donald Trump should be drafted in as Speaker of the House of Representatives. Bring him to Washington <laughs> and make him speak. I mean, can you imagine? Well, he, he could be Speaker, but you wouldn't be able to get him to shut up. <laughs> Meanwhile, I got an email this week, as I'm sure everybody uh, who's on their mailing list did, offering um, the latest Christmas gift from the Trump collection. I know you're going to want a set of these. Trump wine glasses. Oh, W-I-N-E, wow. not W-H-I-N-E, <laughs> but they are available now. Right. Well, I'll just have to do without them. <laughs> um, let's uh, finally talk about uh, the job of the First Lady. Now, the, when Trump was in power, the, there didn't seem to be much of a job <laughs> other than selecting garments that told the world how much or little you cared. Mm. So, how's Jill Biden finding it? Well, apparently, she's finding it quite hard. Um, she was the focus of what was the most extraordinary puff piece this morning on Sunday Morning, which is a CBS uh, news magazine program. And she told the interviewer that she's finding the job, quote, a little harder than I imagined. It's not like a job that you do. It's a lifestyle that you live. It's mm. 24 hours a day. Um, and in whispered tones, the reporter who had spent the week accompanying her explained that on one particularly mad and crazy day, she'd spent a couple of hours teaching because, remember, she's, she's the first first lady uh, to have a job outside the White House. She is a, an educator and she works at a community college uh, just outside Washington, D.C. in Virginia. So she'd spent a couple of hours teaching class at this community college. And then, with with awe and admiration, the reporter explained that she'd then come back to the White House and only that evening had turned on the national Christmas tree. I mean, imagine the uh, the amount of exhaustion that those uh, efforts must have uh, caused in her. But look, I mean, she's definitely out there. She's busy. She'd adv she's advancing Joe Biden's agenda wherever she can. She is travelling to various parts of the country, urging uh, particularly the unvaccinated, even in states that she visits that are Republican-governed to get out there and get vaccinated and get the booster. So there's no question that she is a uh, a change from her predecessor, but it's never previously occurred to me that being First Lady is a lifestyle that you live. Well, it sounds very much like um, the, the lifestyle of a member of the royal family. I mean, the, you, you, you spend your time chit-chatting with people that you'd rather not invite over to your place, uh, uh, but you, it must be tiring being constantly on show, having your photograph taken at all times and trying to maintain, uh, you know, your composure and present your best side. I, I'm, I'm sure it's tiring. But um, it does occur to me, do you, you having just said that, that um, 
you know, Joe Biden is getting on a bit, mm. and the the latest polling I saw was that um, if uh, Trump and Biden went at it again, it would be a flip of a coin. It, mm. It's too close to call. What about Jill Biden going for the uh, top job? Well, I've not seen any suggestion of that, um, but there are certainly stirrings behind the scenes within the White House and the, the president's entourage uh, there's jockeying for position taking place among uh, Democrats who don't entirely believe Joe Biden when he says that he's going to run for re-election uh, in 2024. I mean, he would easily become the oldest serving president uh, ever. Uh, you know, that was Ronald Reagan up until now, uh, mm -hmm. who, when he left office, was 77. Well, Joe Biden's already uh, 78, and by the time uh, he would leave office, he, were he to win another four years, you know, it'd be way past 80 um so there are democrats who simply don't believe that he's going to run and you're seeing this jockeying among people like vice president kamala harris who herself as you and i have talked about before is in grave difficulty with the american public approval yeah. rating of only 28 percent the lowest in in recorded history pete Buttigieg, the uh, secretary of transportation some figures up on capitol hill that are quietly having conversations about whether they might want to throw their hat in the ring um i don't know that jill i don't i don't think that jill biden is the is the person to take this forward um but there is no question that as we head into 2022 and the midterm elections um i think it's it's a questionable um issue as to whether joe biden's really going to run again in 2024 especially if the democrats get absolutely hammered in those midterm elections and lose uh, both houses of congress i think he'll have a very very restive party on his hands if that turns out to be the case yeah good to talk to you as always simon that's Cheers, nick simon marks from uh, america lbc's u.s correspondent